Peacemaker, season one, HBO's new. Nope, oh, oh, we'll go back. Let's back that up. It's HBO Max's. Yeah, oh, true. yeah. It's not an HBO yeah, show. Yeah, thank you. It's, okay. It's not an HBO show. No. Nope. HBO Max. What's the difference? We can talk about that. Peacemaker, season one, HBO Max's newest sitcom. Was it good? I'm Ravi, joined by. I'm Michael Lehrman. And I'm Arjuna Ramgopal. And this is Was It Good? And we are a sitcom, but Peacemaker is not a sitcom. It feels like a sitcom. Definitely doesn't feel like a sitcom. I look at it as Do you a know sit- what a sitcom <laughs> is? It's a situational comedy. Yes. And they were in a lot of situations <laughs> that were comical. Comedy. Yeah. Yeah, Boom. they certainly didn't treat the characters as if they were anything other than in a sitcom. I call it a sitcom because James Gunn is kind of like a walking sitcom. Huh. And everything he does is funny. Oh. And good. And yes. great. I don't want to rethink the everything. <laughs> Every Why? Part. What are you thinking of? <laughs> yeah, is there something specific? You know, James? everything in James Gunn's history. Oh, I mean... <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, he didn't say did. He said does. Does implies a currency, not a past. The majority of the content James Gunn creates is funny. There you go. That is my new statement. <laughs> I apologize for my previous statement. <laughs> You're canceled. Yeah. Anything he hasn't been canceled for or apologized for, I would say, is pretty funny for the most part. Yeah, for the most part. I didn't love that office thing, but... Did he direct that? Do you guys know? What was that? Belco or something like that? The Belco experiment where the uh, guy from 10 Cloverfield Lane is working in an office. And then I think even an economist is in it. Uh, uh, he's AG, in a lot Steve of his stuff. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's a comic. He's very funny. He's Steve, if you're yeah. watching, big fan of your work. I didn't, I didn't even. I've not he was also this. in that one where it's like uh, the Superman thing, right? Where it's like the kid is an alien, but he's evil. Oh, Bright? Brightburn? Brightburn or something yeah, like that. that yeah, was, yeah, yeah. was that him directing it or producing it? Uh, I think he had something to do with it. Oh, you're you're not talking about Ag. You're talking about Jay Gun. Gun. Yeah, Ag has mostly been doing writing and stuff. Right. But um, anyway, yeah, the Belco experiment where they have the office. They're in an office. They lock it down and like every hour you have to kill somebody or oh, we all kill you. One and then those. yeah, I think yeah. Gun directed oh, so that. So a Thursday at your place of employment. No, just my you know, some Thursdays. Some places of employments have something like some things like that, but it's like not that extreme. Like Squid like car, car dealerships, for example. Like if mm. a car dealership is doing poorly, they'll do like whoever has the least amount of sales, you're fired. Isn't that like a, isn't that yeah. pretty? Isn't like a thing? I've never worked at a car dealership, and I Me could either completely either. be making this up. But like the lowest <laughs> salesperson. Generally gets let go at some point, right? Uh, you would it imagine. Unless they bounce back. You would imagine. But I mean, like if you're the lowest salesperson for like six months running, probably not making it I to think month it depen- seven. It depends on like what your, um, I want to say like rules of employment are. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. Like also a lot of these people, at least in my experience of working sales, it's like if I wasn't selling, I wasn't making money. So I wasn't yeah, working there because I, base, yeah, right, I didn't. I didn't. Why Makes would I? Sense. Except yeah. for when I worked for Kirby. Anyway, Peacemaker. <laughs> yes, Peacemaker, the show that's not really about peace or making. It is kind of about peace, making peace with yourself and your demons. That 
is probably what it is about. Making peace with the aliens. That well, they didn't really planet. make peace. With they no, did. Quite the opposite. Well, one of them. them. Quite the opposite. Yeah. yeah. They, they Death made peace. is the ultimate peacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this whole thing, right? <laughs> uh, he made peace oh with man. them by killing them. I read it. Pieces it, of them. Spoiler alert, if you have not watched Peacemaker. Krishna. The and aliens I, all die, except one alien. Right. Yeah. The well, presumably Goth. Well, just Goff. The, yeah, Goff. They right. keeps Goff around, yeah. which is strange. And he has some of the goo, so I yeah. mean, Goff is Goff probably is on the probably limited, on the yeah. limited, limited right. lifespan. Hopefully, there. so is his father, as we saw in the last cut. He's stuck with his dad. The well, that's Goff. a mental his thing, mind, right? Yeah, mind. and hopefully he doesn't stick around for long. Mm, for well, peacemaker's I did, I put sake, that uh, in the outline. You didn't? I did about his dad. Well, you think it's gonna be a big two. piece of season two? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be at least the beginning. I mean, well, yeah, it's the it's the shadow we all live with right. the, uh, the father and us parents. all. Yeah, yeah. Mm. we are what we. Were I think James Gunn's talked about like he loves like the original Terminator movies, mm-hmm. so he loves Robert Patrick, and he's like, I'm gonna find as many ways to work with that guy as I possibly can. Yeah, why why waste <laughs> Patrick in such a so crazy role? Too? If Peacemaker's father is there as a mental. Mm. character if you will yeah. right like a shadow of him does uh do we see potentially then a mini arc or something around what his father represented with the r- supervillain racist character that yeah. is known as was it white dragon i he don't know if we, i don't know if we get anywhere m- any more with white dragon because it the, seemed like that was a joke more than yeah. anything right and i think that was also like part of the I think that was like the meta commentary too with like Peacemaker, his own character origins, and right. then also like separating the character from like that, you mm-hmm. know, and also being like, I am bad, but I'm not bad because of my dad, and like obviously I hate racists and and that type of stuff, but I I think it would be more of his own father son issues, which obviously there was a, a plenty, you know, within those flashbacks and right. the real hatred between them and and. Also, his dad was just a complete piece of shit, obviously, as we saw. A and pause. that's and obviously pause of shot. And obviously like shaped him um in a lot of bad ways, right? And mm-hmm. so that's that's also him trying to like grow as an individual. So I'm sure like wh- however long that mental aspect for season two kind of sticks around for, that will be something that pulls him back, right? That's gonna be like that end. Well, that's why I, I wonder. That's why I wonder if, part. like, uh, everything that we saw with White Dragon, if that's not done yet, because you introduce these racists. Sure. And you introduce the fact that his father has some kind of tech or tech know-how. Mm-hmm. Um, if let's say the father is this mental thing, it would be kind of interesting to see if somebody else comes to take the mantle, right? I think. Uh, I, well, I, th- I so go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say. In regard to your point with the father being there, though, uh, I don't think, I mean, I think it pertains to the white dragon question you're asking, which is I don't think it will. It doesn't matter because his dad is dead. So whatever technology he had, he can't pass to his son. It's just a mental projection. I think it really is mostly just Gunn's visual representation of the fact that you can have an epiphany and say, oh, yeah, my dad was an asshole. I should not have listened to him. But that doesn't mean that all of the things that he ingrained in you, good or bad, are not still a part of you and not something you need to work on separating from yourself. So, yeah, I think more than anything, that's just... If, if he exists in season two, it will be as a, a contrast to change in that 
what wouldn't my father do type of thing or, or that sort of and thing. And his father mm-hmm. represents a lot of the self-doubt that John has, like, about himself and, like, what he does. Chris. And, and yes, Chris, Chris yeah. Smith. Yeah, John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see John Cena in this. <laughs> I mean, uh, John Cena, let's real quick, though, like, John Cena, just like Robert Downey Jr., just like Christian Bale and just like so many other people, act like actors and actresses, John Cena was clearly born, right, to play Peacemaker. I think this is it. It's a role. It's a role that <laughs> works. This is it for him. It's a role that works really well for this his is brand. The RD, like RDJ for him, like his brand of acting. I think I brought it up when we did the first Peacemaker yeah. one. Of like, yep. you know, he he did Fast Nine and he tried to play like a bad guy, like more you know more traditional bad guy, and it's just like, eh, you know, this isn't this isn't his strengths as a performer. Like this this hits a lot of like. I so think what so we, you at. know that John Cena is really big, obviously, in um, wrestling and WWE. I want to say WWE for some reason, but WWE. You know, obviously, uh, they team up with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and John Cena does a lot of, like, visits for kids. Hmm. Do you think, in the next, let's say, year, do you think there will be more requests of John Cena as Peacemaker or as, like, John Cena the wrestler? Well, I don't know. I, I think... I hope kids Cena the wrestler watching. is probably more famous. Yeah, and I hope kids too many like not uh, younger kids aren't sure. watching like Peacemaker. Do you remember is, Halloween? Yeah, games, do you remember do Halloween remember at this house? What yeah, happened? Yeah. Majority of the fucking yeah. kids were Squid Game characters. So hundred yeah. percent kids are like watching. No, I mean good for sure because this for had sure. a good message. I think. Uh, and yeah, another reason I don't think yeah. we'll worry about the dad's white dragon is I think this season was about racism and next season will be about something else so what do you think it's gonna be about uh <laughs> let's just jump into like wh- what do we think next season is I based on like i mean let's i guess like kind of recap where where it all ended right the biggest thing that yeah. i think is bigger not just for this show but the dceu or at least the, do we call it the prime oh, the universe because like we're all we're doing multiple DC universes now. Just so call it whatever you want to call it. Call it. Um, it is the DC. The Peacemaker verse. The Zack Snyder and James <laughs> Gunn joint effort to fix the DCEU from the Warner Brother executives that lost their fucking marbles. Yep. Okay. So Concise. Amanda Waller and Task Force X and that whole thing has now been exposed. Doesn't mean it's necessarily being shut down, but it's been exposed. Um. This group obviously is clearly not going to be working with Amanda Waller anymore. So the Eleventh Street Kids, as they is that where they they dubbed they, themselves. They dubbed yeah. themselves. So is there any kind of reference to that in the comics? Well, I don't know about the Eleventh Street Kids, but I know even back in the Suicide Squad, they would mention Task Force X, and Task Force X is in the comic books. It is an extension of I the thought Suicide Task Force Squad. It was just another name for the Suicide Squad. It's an ex- I think it's actually an extension. Like it, it comes from the Suicide Squad. So just like a so recreation? Yeah, like, like different members, different leaders. So, like in that, like I could see this being the birth of that in the DC EU Prime Snyder guy verse. What's this guy's name? James Gunn. James. Uh, <laughs> what's what's his what's name? What's this guy's name? James. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what the first season of Peacemaker did really well was you know introduce these characters uh reintroduce some characters and make them compelling and interesting and a fun team to kind of root for mm-hmm. that's something that James that James Gunn has obviously done really well over the first two Guardians movies and whatnot so I would just like to see these characters come back together for whatever reason 
and probably go against some threat. Maybe not another, like, giant alien, you know? As Kanama said, no more <laughs> kaijus. Yeah, it would be nice not to have another kaiju, because I would be third straight for James Gunn of kaijus. But I'll, I'll ask <laughs> Wait, this what question. Was, what was the first star, kaiju? Star in uh, Suicide Squad. He wasn't... That was definitely a yeah. Kaiju. Wait, that's the that was the first. That yeah. was the j- first James Gunn. St- the, the, I'm just talking about James Gunn. Sure. I mean, technically, the Guardians. Well, you said this was two, the third one. Guardians I wouldn't want a third. One. Oh, oh, I'm confused. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Well, James Gunn has a kaiju. Because like Guardians <laughs> two starts with a kaiju, a kaiju yeah. as well. He definitely has a kaiju fetish. I mean, the thing though is like that's the easiest thing. Not the easiest, but it's it's the. I don't know. Like, if you're going, like, scale-wise in terms of threat levels, yeah. it's, like, the easiest way to convey to the audience this big thing equals sure. bad. It's just like the Death Star. Like, everybody's yeah, like, exactly. why do they keep making the Death Star? It's like, well, have you invented something better to destroy and an there entire it is. galaxy? There's our Star Wars but also, plug. But also, <laughs> but also, Peacemaker, like, they did a good enough job of creating this team and these characters where it's intimate enough where it doesn't have to be, like, an end-of-the-world situation to make mm-hmm. it interesting. It can be, like, his racist father. And it would still be interesting. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not saying it yeah. has to be that, but like, it could be just like a small bunch of hippies, and you'd be like, okay, this they could they could probably make it a compelling story, an interesting story. Especially like the nice thing about HBO Max and all these shows are they're they're short, they're kind of sweet, they're not twenty two episodes an right. hour long. This it's was not what the hour eight episodes, eight episodes yeah. of like forty ish minutes, right? So it's like nice and compact. It's not super long or anything. Um, and you can tell, you can tell like a nice kind of concise story. Was um, anyone surprised? Because obviously the season's over. We don't know when a season two is coming back. Because James, or if Gunn, it will, well, it, it has, it has it officially been, been renewed for yeah. a second season. Oh, it has. Um, yes. It has been. Okay. Both and so Cena and Gunn like tweeted and talked about it in some yeah. interviews. But but because Guardians Three is happening, I think for most of the rest of this year. Yeah, he's busy. He's busy. So like, plus, I, he wants to take a break. Yeah, did he say he was going to take a break before coming? Well, back? after yeah. I think Guardians Three holiday special thing is done, whenever that is, I think that comes out this year. I don't know. They're filming. They're filming. The Guardians That's 3, like 2023. the Guardians holiday special, and new scenes for the Guardians of the Galaxy ride at Disney. And Groot. And the... Well, that's animated, I think, right? Right, but he's involved with that. He's involved in that, but yeah. that's a little easier. But, like, those three are all filming back-to-back, like, all together. Right, so and then after that, he'll take a break. And then... Yeah. So we're probably not seeing, like, a season probably two years. until, like, and early as 2024. And he just got engaged to uh, Jennifer Holland, who plays uh, Harcourt. Oh, and so we all know about she's to get married. very heavy on the um, wedding planning. No, what <laughs> uh, what do you call that? It I, it was a I was just confused. it was, was going to ta- be a toxic masculine. Oh, uh, what's anyway <laughs> maintenance? High maintenance. Oh, she's boy. very high maintenance, oh. so oh. he'll be uh, very but busy. Anyway, but maybe right. he wants to take some time off, you know, my, to get married. My question <laughs> for you both was point. with season two, um, and, what's and, it about? and with this, more specifically with this show, like going into it and everything, were you surprised? How much you enjoyed it, liked it. Yeah, definitely. Because, like, I remember the early promos. It was very much, oh, cool, another weird over-the-top action thing for the sake of being over-the-top. I think we all also walked out of the Suicide Squad and be like, and we're like, of all the characters, yeah, why him? Right. It's like, we knew the least about him. I guess that's obviously why they ultimately went with a character who was more of a, you know, there was, there was more to dive into him than some of the other characters that were in it. Mm-hmm. But it was like, why him? Um he wasn't a likable character intentionally in the Suicide Squad. And I was, personally, I was just like, yeah, you know, this just seems like a spinoff too far. And 
I mean, credit to them of like creating something that was wacky and crazy and weird mm-hmm. um, and also different and against the grain. And I think that also helped too. Of like we live in a world where there are Marvel shows that are vastly similar and, you know, similar in style and whatnot. And we get a lot of like content yeah. that is similar and, um, not that this is like completely unique or outside the box, but at no. least there were elements that were interesting and entertaining. Um, and I kept, I kept wanting to come back each week and was compelled of like, Oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And there's actually a line, I think in the finale where we're like, I haven't slept in two days or something. And I realized I'm like, Oh, the last like five episodes have been like a day and a half. Yeah. <laughs> they got bo- they bonded very, very they bonded quicker than we cared about them over the course of eight weeks. It took us eight weeks to care, but right. they bonded in a day and in a, f- a couple of days because like yep. the last four or five episodes are all just like back, back, to, back. to back to back to back to back to back. Trauma will do that to you. Bond you as a group. But I mean, a it's couple a great of those, bonding agent. Those characters had uh, like obviously other trauma behind yeah. find everything that they've. They had done and seen and yeah, all that fun stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, everybody had to grow. Harcourt learned a thing or two. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Season two will be interesting since they ended it the way that they did. I think uh, it sort of negated some of the stakes, I guess, when everybody made it out okay. I saw online that was like probably the biggest complaint was that everybody survived except um who was it the Mern Mern right well he wasn't everybody, going to anyway right. but because aliens are not people yeah and I'm glad that they survived I I mean that was my feeling in the moment was like oh I was really glad that everything was going terribly and then the music starts to go all the slow-mo I was like like, you know like as it's going down I'm like or especially once Economos started going awry that's where I was like oh okay Economos is going to go down here it's going to be super tragic and it could have been and it would have been especially after his confession about the beard like what an amazing scene Uh, (laughs) that was an incredible scene that was an incredible scene of just like the tragedy of like yeah and I just thought no one would notice yep yeah so (laughs) I I think I think Gunn sort of undercut himself a little bit by allowing everybody to survive that when they probably should have died but I think he was too attached well no I think they need a season two yeah, I mean, um, I think so. But thing too. I, I think you could have taken out some of them and still had a season two. I mean, I, in my opinion, you could have taken them all out and still had a season two. That's uh, not wait, my complaint. Wait, wait, that, wait even Peacemaker take? Well, no, you don't well? take no, Peacemaker out. Entire but, world. Uh, what about Vigilante? You take him out as well? Man. Yeah, no, everybody should have been dead. No, not except Vigilante. for Peacemaker. Yeah. Vigilante was my favorite character. No, Vi- Vigilante was a great character, but as you know from the last says episode we did i thought he was going to turn bad strictly because he's a terribly irredeemable character there is oh yeah. no way that somehow they took peacemaker who we thought was the worst character and then they presented somebody even worse so well he's he's right. peacemaker without any remorse he's well so, he's he says he, has, he says he has no, no emotion yeah. right Right, but I mean, who he's knows? Maybe he's the anti- he's maybe he's the bad guy in season two. Maybe he's I don't, the person I don't they have to come against. Think so anymore? Because uh, the other thing too is like in order he's learning. We're still in a superhero, super yeah. like a comic book superhero world, right? So there's still like general rules in terms of 
you need the big baddie who is somewhat smart and has a intricate and interesting plan. And Vigilante is, well, he's just an idiot. He's an idiot with no conscience. And if I had seen the Dangerous. fourth episode like we like I should have before the last one, that prison scene made it pretty clear that Vigilante was not going to turn on yeah. Peacemaker. And you had mentioned or you had mentioned somebody one of you two had mentioned that, but I hadn't yeah. seen it yet. I didn't know Vigilante wasn't racist. Um I thought he was. So the fact that he wasn't really uh I guess made that prediction useless because And all his best friends are within this group as he yeah, he said that. Yeah, they were all. He numbered them, right? right? All of his friends. He said that his first best friend yeah. is, is peacemaker. Is peacemaker. His second is equally. His fifth is Adebayo. Mm-hmm. So you can assume his third and fourth are some combination of Harcourt and Economos, or, or maybe somebody not. else right. outside. We, we don't know. Maybe. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I take it from the end and the way that everything turned out that the focus here for this season was racism. And the aliens, you know, being a form of stand-in for that, uh, but specifically his dad being the antagonist and showing how stupid all of them were. I don't know if the aliens were necessarily a representation of racism. I wouldn't say a representation of racism, but of the other, of that idea that there is an a, there is a distinction between human and like not a, like humans in general are just somehow prone to this delineation of within our own species we're like oh you're good enough you're not good enough that's the racist you know central the core of racism is is delineation between who's good enough and who's not and the aliens extend beyond humanity to represent the idea that you know humanity oftentimes an alien uh, movies is this ideal like oh the humans must survive because humans are so important mostly mm-hmm. because we're humans watching the movie so why wouldn't we be but there is nothing inherently special about being human that makes us more important or different other than physical attributes so as what i'm trying to explain poorly is that what i saw is the aliens are not an example of racism, but of this idea that there is an other. There should not be another in any situation. No matter how far you expand out, we all share the same space. See, I looked at it more that it they were, I mean, they flat out said it, right? Like, humans are going down the same path as the butterflies. They came into control because they felt humans were too stupid to prevent their own annihilation, and they thought they were better. I guess that kind of makes sense in the form that they think they're better than us, so they're going to do whatever they think is ideal. But I wouldn't go to the point to say that it's a representation of necessarily racism. No, not racism. I think it's more of, you know, one's individual freedom, peace, and and all that fun stuff, and being able to do, you know, whatever you want to do. Yeah, I think the show is also about, like, there's more than – and maybe this gets into some of the... More than one way to skin a cat? Well, there's just also more than one way to look at a person, right? Even, like, look at our own views of, like, Peacemaker before the show and look mm-hmm. at it after, right? And I think all these characters and even all these elements within the show, your perception shifts over time um, as to what they are. They're not exactly what they appear to be when you first meet them or just, you know, based off of the 
initial image or you know thought process you kind of get behind them now some elements do like the racists Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's obviously intentional um to have that but i think it's also like hey you know just because you're it it, i think james gunn always loves having things that are gray right Mm -hmm. and so like peacemaker is is a gray character right he's not a, he's not the most holy and good person, but he's also not a bad person either. Like, he does good things, he does bad things. All of these characters do good and bad things throughout the entire run of the show. Much like the Guardians, right? I always right. think back to, like, the very last, one of the last lines in the first Guardians movie where it's like, Star-Lord's like, should we do something good? Should we do something bad? Maybe a little bit of both, right? And I think that's kind of, like, how Gunn looks at a lot of these things within the superhero genre of, like, you know what's more interesting than like good guys and bad guys, people, and that these are people, and like yeah, I mean nobody here has nobody nobody here has like superpowers or anything, right? right? They just regular, regular. Or Peacemaker is what just he's been trained in all forms of uh, weaponry since he was a child. Well, I would I would say yes. I think Gun does tend to do that, and I think that's uh, more probably, in my opinion, more a symptom of his quality of uh observation and maybe also a side effect of the time i feel like we are getting more gray characters especially since game of thrones started like that is also just something we're ready for as people and i think really does a better job of explaining the human condition than the idea of inherent good or evil and 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 it goes back, I think, to what this season was about. Is in regard, what I meant by racism is not necessarily specifically racism, but I think as we've all touched on this idea of groups and being a part of a group and what that means and how that can be positive and how that can be negative, and how uh, we have a, how we have a tendency to group, uh, and that that maybe isn't necessarily for the best in a lot of situations. Do you think Peacemaker, obviously we had that interesting cameo towards the end of the episode where uh, part of the quote Justice League shows up. Obviously we had uh, Ezra Miller playing uh, The The Flash. Flash. We had Jason Momoa showing up as Aquaman. Aquaman. And then we had two stand-in actors for Superman. No, they were stand-in actors. Oh, they were? Stand-in actors. There was three in total. There was the stand-in actor for Superman, stand-in actor for Wonder Woman, and a stand-in actor for Batman. But the Batman one was cut. Oh, oh I, did not I know totally that. didn't even yeah. realize so all three that of Batman these was There was no Batman closer. and there was no Cyborg. And there was no Cyborg, uh, yeah. Which probably WB with everything yep. going on with Ray Fisher is like, we're just not going to go there. And probably told James. I Gunn wonder if that's now. partially. Why, and I think it's similar to why Batman didn't show up either, is because we're not entirely sure where the whole. Ben they probably. Affleck I mean, like the Batman's also coming out in a two week and a bit. Yeah, have you guys ordered your tickets, by the way? No, no I need to. We can. You we normally can do, do that for me. Thing and uh, but it. but having said that, right? I, they probably don't want to confuse viewers. Cause viewers are already, or I feel like a lot of people are probably already confused. Of like, is this? The Ben Affleck Batman that Robert Pattinson is. This is a different Batman. Just wait till the Which Flashpoint Batman comes out. I don't then. know though. I think after all the Batmans we've had, the the public is fairly used to different Batman. But that's probably why that's they the just decided not to throw a Batman in there. Because if they throw like Robert Pattinson's Batman in there, all of a sudden, but why not do a silhouette? It's it's a cowl with points. Like it. Yeah, that it part I think is a little strange. It's weird. I think. 
I think maybe they're just trying to remove Batman from the Justice League. Ooh. Which is fine. I mean, if we... He's not got powers. Batman is more interesting when he's outside right. everything, yeah. right? Like, uh, there's two things that stand out where Batman, part of the Justice League, and then kind of take a step back. First one is Young Justice. Uh, I think it's season two. He jumps out and forms his own, like, secret Justice League. Um, crisis on two Earths. He lets the Justice League go and do their thing, and he stays back because he even says, he's like, I, I, I don't care about that particular thing. I care about this thing. So him being in the shadows, I think, is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. But also, anyway, do you think Peacemaker would join those as he calls them uh, no. fuck faces? No, no I, I think, I think, I think that's the ridiculous. whole point of that scene. And maybe that's why they chose those four specifically because they're the most like super-powered of the Justice League. Oh, they're also, also he has a big beef with Batman. He does have the, well, whole, the whole, whole, whole diatribe thing. about yeah. Batman. Calls Batman a pussy. That yes. has to have something to do with it. But now I'm even I'm, more curious. They're saving Batman for How do you have two? a whole show where Peacemaker shits all over Batman for the well, first half? It's really half? just that like one. Two episodes, right? There was that one discussion with the neighbor, with his father's neighbor about Batman and how Batman is an asshole because he captures the Joker and then the Joker is freed and can go fucking. And then he's like, "You want to know why I right. have no, I have no feelings? Uh, because I kill like <laughs> I six feet yeah. under. Batman's yeah. a pussy, right? Batman's yeah. a pussy. Um, but I wonder if he yeah. feels the same way now. See, he I think he doesn't want to kill anymore. I think it's those four specifically because they also represent. You know, when we're talking great characters, obviously Peacemaker is a great character. Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, Aquaman, and Flash. the Flash, for the most part, like comic book history wise, they're pretty like. When you think like superhero, you think that is the good guy, right? There is no gray area for those characters. In more recent years, like definitely like Flashpoint stuff, you see like Aquaman and Wonder Woman rage war against the whole Earth. But like traditionally, it's like Wonder Woman's fighting for justice and peace, and Aquaman is saving the environment and fucking fish. And fucking right, fish. it's finally canon. I want. I thought that's what you were gonna get to. I was no. like, oh yeah, <laughs> the big reveal of this show is that it's canon. He's a Aquaman fish fucks fish. For some reason, I really want fish sticks right now. Mm. Fish sticks? Fish sticks. Fish sticks. Fish I'm not Kanye sticks. West from fucking South Park, and, I like, and I like f- fish dicks. <laughs> um, I, I am curious. So It's good that you're curious. Yeah, no. Stay well, curious. just thinking back on Peacemaker, I, I don't mean to like whiplash <laughs> anybody, but... Uh, the characterization of the of the characters, like... Were you guys, did you guys feel like they nailed it or not? Cause so my biggest, the and this is probably the stupidest thing to nitpick, um, but, oh fuck, what's her name? The um, main, the, the female agent. Harcourt. Har- what is uh, or Adebayo. Adebayo. Uh, no, no, the other one. Harcourt. Harcourt. The whole thing where he's waiting for her in the hospital for days, and then they hold hands. Mm-hmm. I, don't I know, didn't like their romantic I don't attention. know why, but I, I was really just like, because like I was so attention. impressed and happy when, like, the first episode where he goes to the bar, he tries to like chat her up because he's been in jail for four years and he just wants to fuck. Um, I was very happy to see like something different where she's like, no, fuck you, and put him in his place and is like this badass, and I thought that was cool. And I wanted that to be maintained throughout the whole show. But like they kind of broke into that like general. Will they? Won't they? Yeah. I don't think that's what that was. I mean, maybe I could, not. I, maybe I think not. you're that, right. That it would very much be it. just me being like, oh, I, I know Hollywood. I would say I would. I I kind of lean towards him because they did have more moments with the hardcore where she like 
showed a little bit more like romantic tenderness yeah, to him. I didn't like and that. And I was just like, I, I, I kind of agree with you. It felt like they veered her character I a little th- bit more, but I mean it's growth. It like it's a person who is unwilling to open up to anybody who at the end finally decides to open up. It doesn't have to be romantic. It's we reached out to each other. I reached out to somebody when the whole show my flaw was I don't reach out. I cut people off. But you could have done that with any other character. It like was important. Did, Both did, of them needed to did, have it They happen. did it a little bit with uh, um, her and um, Adebayo. Adebayo. Like, there was definitely mm-hmm. a little there, and I thought that was great. I don't think, I still think you don't need to see it with Peacemaker. I think Because re- you just fall into, like, the traditional, like, you know, two characters of the opposite sex have tension. They say they won't do anything, and then they fall and have a relationship or fuck or whatever. And that's just boring well okay i yes i don't i'm not interested in the any romantic relationship between the two i did i'm just saying i don't think it's a romantic thing i think you have it between those two not for the romance but because you have two people who are incapable of that kind of intimacy for different reasons why are you crossing your hands because they (laughs) (laughs) because intimacy is holding hands in my in my vernacular so when I think of intimacy, I want to bring the hands together. Plus, she, re- you know, that's yeah, what we were There was actual yeah, hand, hand, hand yeah. holding. Plus so, to me, the significance of that is that you have a peacemaker who's incapable, is emotionally intelligent. I mean, you could use many derogatory terms to refer to his emotional IQ. And <laughs> his, <laughs> his inability to reach out because he doesn't know how to. And then you have Harcourt who has likely had a reason to be withdrawn and finally has somebody she can trust. And you visualize that with, with those two characters because they, they need it together and they need it individually. Um, but yes, if you go into romance, then I think then you kind of, well, I mean, season will will tell, right? Like if we start seeing more of it in season two, um, I probably will do a big old eye roll. Yeah, no, give like us a give it, show us. Sure, That's what you do. yeah. No, but that did you, you get just that you did a head huh? roll, right? But my eyes are in my head. Yeah, and if the whole head moves, no. the eyes are still That's, moving. That doesn't that doesn't count. I don't want to do it. Hurt my the eyes. Earth is moving. Your eyes are technically moving. Always right? oh my God, moving. I've been eye rolling since birth. Then <laughs> I haven't moved my eyes once. Adebayo was another one that I had trouble with. I I, f- I forgive them all because the show was fun. But how do you get raised by the woman she was raised by, and not come out all sorts of messed up. I'm going to assume, and maybe this is a poor assumption on my part, but I don't think she was raised fully by her mother. That's possible. I would imagine it was a joint custody thing, and she's probably spent time more with, you know, her potentially her father or adopted family or grandparents or, sis- or aunt or something. But I don't think Amanda Waller had... Because you also have to think about it this way. Amanda Waller's character, at least from what I know in the comics, she's a military and... Um, um, I want Not Secret Service. and it, She's a military S- and intelligence, intelligence person, right? right? And she's been doing it her entire career. And from what we've seen with, like, Suicide Squad and stuff and, like, what we've seen of her character in and out of, like, certain movies... I don't think she would have the time to like raise a kid or at least raise a kid properly. So again, 
even if she was under Amanda Wallace custody the whole time, I'm sure there's like a nanny or something that did majority of like the work. I also I would say that like she's not totally normal and like not like she's desensitized. She's to a degree she's not desensitized. Entirely, she's never killed anybody. Somehow Until these last nice. two days, and then she like kills a lot of people. Well, right, in and two she's days. Re- yeah. But she's our, really, our she's butterflies people though. Well. I think yeah, that's I mean, that's why you have kaiju's pe- and aliens, so you don't people, have to go around right. Killing those people, people are already because even the butterflies like um, but say it like Mur th- said it right like they do take over and essentially kill the person right right. right. And we then watch use them the body die. as like a right. like a, uh, a house yeah basically. But but it, her killing people is beside the point. It, it's the fact that she's good at it is one thing, but like even I I think. You're on to something. It seems like a Wall- M- Amanda Waller is not the most hands-on parent, but she is an incredibly fucked-up individual who we've seen the measure of her character, and it is extremely lacking. I cannot imagine that even with a nanny, she would not go out of her way to make her daughter a ruthless killer. killer. So up until about halfway through, I was pretty sure that she was not going to come out on the plus side of this, but she maintained that I'm just loving everybody attitude the whole way through, which honestly I just didn't buy as somebody's daughter as Waller's daughter. Like, I don't know how you come out of that family situation like that. I feel like they tried to retcon some of that with like the conversation that she had with her mom and, and whatnot. And then even like Amanda, like Waller scenes in the suicide squad, like, Mm -hmm. It is supposed to be the same Amanda Waller from the first Suicide Squad, but they they also just, like, did some subtle differences of, like, different wardrobe and just even, like, the way that she was. You know, even though she was ruthless and bad, it wasn't as bad as, like, that first version. She didn't murder her whole team for no reason. Exactly, right. And I think, like, Gunn has even has said, like, this isn't a direct sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when he was talking about the Suicide Squad, he's like, this isn't necessarily like it's a, a spiritual sequel. Exactly. That's what he's I mean like, it, yeah, there's a lot of same characters and there's a lot of characters played by the same actors. But it's like, you can't tell me the Rick flags from both of those are the same character. Cause right. Different. They're really different. You know, and I think to a lesser degree, Waller is the same way. So I yep. think out of Bayou's character is interesting because I wonder, like, within season two, are we going to see her become more like her mom now that she's like more involved in this world? Does she even stay in this world too? You know, well, she's exposed. She's exposed. Them, yeah. It's like, is she going to try and now go back to doing doggy grooming or I is would she imagine. now in this world? I imagine it's going to start. The first episode will start similar to how I think it was like parks and rec season three first started where remember the, the town had shut down right. and everyone had to go find like a new job. And then um, was it the main character Leslie? Leslie goes and recruits everyone back. I think that's how pet season two will start. Everyone's doing a new job. Something will occur, and then probably either like a peacemaker, or more likely I think like a vigilante will get them all back together to go do something. Judo master. Judo master. Oh, Judo master's yeah, character was weird to me. Yeah, I didn't get was, the point. He's just maybe eating I Cheetos. It. Was that the whole point? No, no I think he was. He was supposed to be and. The show did a th- – it feels like there were a few scenes missing, maybe. I don't know. But he was supposed to be, like, that connection to the butterflies. Like, as um, Goff kind of revealed at the end, she's like, we revealed this to Judo Master, and he right. was, like, on our side. So he's essentially, like – I think he's supposed to be some type of, like sim- – he's supposed to be similar to uh, Chris in terms of, like, here's a guy who's, like, doing stuff for good. Right. But, like, actually believes in what they're doing. And, like, right. oh, like, to save – 
humans, like, we have to let these people take over and do it for us. And, like, I guess with that last shot, you see him emotional and sad to see yeah. all of them dead. And then he's Cheetos. He's eating his Cheetos. So that will probably be a threat, especially, like, them showing that at the end. It's probably going to be a threat or that kind of beats followed up. Or do you think up this is two. really Cheetos' way of saying that we have a new mascot? Well, I mean, he, they must have paid a lot for that. He's placement. not eating just Cheetos, though. It's, just, it's mostly junk food. Well, no, yeah. I'm saying it's spice. Isn't it the spicy? The, the fires? The Cheetos? spicy Flaming Hot Cheetos? Fuck, I am yeah. hungry. I Flaming want all of too. this so badly. I act, yeah, I would say that. Let's wrap that, this up. <laughs> yeah, can we wrap this up? I want to go fucking eat. That is a character, yeah, I haven't thought about as much, but I am curious about Well, there wasn't that. a whole lot. Well, okay. it was No, but I think, that's it. I think there's something there. I just haven't it was turned also, it over enough. It was also weird because, like, he gets shot by Adebayo in, like, four or five. In the chest. Yeah. Right, and then they're like, yeah, he's probably going to die. You don't see him for, like, three episodes. And then, and he, then he ever dies. And then they're like, oh, wait, he's gone again. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, who cares? And, and he has then, no purpose. And then he kind of breaks out, and then they show him, like, beat up some people at a gas station steal to their steal their a car. And then he shows up at that last battle too late. Yep. So but that, to me, is, like, threats for season two. Potentially. Because otherwise yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, why include why have him? That? Either just have him disappear. Yeah. And, like, either you touch on it again or you don't. But to include those later scenes must be, this is going to be part of the connective tissue to season two. Probably the same, similar to Goff, right? Like, is Goff going to try and find him again? I mean, you figure now Goff is with Peacemaker because he's providing food. But how Amber. far, how long can Goff? Survive because the just, creature's yeah. dead. Right. The supplies. Right. So, so I don't get the impression there are still butterflies out there because they said there's butterflies all around but the world. Well, but they're going to die because of without the amber. The whole. The how does that work dead. too? It's by the way, like because these butterflies have like made it up to political. Levels. You have no idea, right? We have no idea how yeah. many people are butterflies. I wonder if like the well, next, we do have an idea of how many people are DCEU butterflies. EU thing coming out because we we saw how many butterflies there are. We didn't get an exact number. We just Not an exact, but we saw the area and how dense it was at the yeah. first or second episode. First you, episode. It's worldwide right. and it's right. extensive. It could be a lot of people. So yeah. it's a lot of people are going to be yeah. dead. Right. Um I could see season 2 either being helping the remaining butterflies survive uh or preventing the surviving butterflies from getting a second cow or we deal with the aftermath of all these people dying and they're not a thing anymore because I don't see how they survive as is. So either we have a whole situation where they go on a quest and save them quest. There's a lot of ways that could go. And I think that's, Mm. that's kind of nice that they're not necessarily locked into just like, we have to do this for season two. Well, and it's a character show, right? So it doesn't matter what they do. It's about whether we see Peacemaker, Vigilante, Harcourt, Abadiah, and uh, Economos do doing their things. Yeah, interacting, learning, interacting growing. with each other? I don't know if they can do the same thing for season two, though. I mean, they have to introduce new like core characters. Otherwise, yeah, it kind of will stop their growth of yeah where do they grow from here yeah. i mean none of them are very perfect or good especially not vigilante but he's still the best i mean speaking of characters and like favorite characters and stuff obviously i said vigilante was my favorite um but my other favorite character was captain casper Locke. uh played, oh, the played g- by christopher i'm gonna screw up his last name Heyerdahl, the the guy that mm-hmm. Mern, um, yeah, hires and then gets taken over by yeah. Butterfly. Um, do you know why though? I think he's a great character, Arjuna. This is specific to you, 
And if you can't figure it out, you should probably quit pop culture. Is it because he was in something? something? Yes. Uh, he, he looked so familiar the entire time. Do you I never happen to remember everyone's favorite Wraith from Stargate Atlantis? Oh, Todd. my God. That's Todd? That's Todd. I mean, that makes sense. That's amazing. Yeah. That's too I thought bad. that was a cool, it's like, I was like, oh, shit. Because, like, when he first, we were first introduced to yeah. the Captain Casper, um, I said the same thing. I was like, this motherfucker is so, so familiar. familiar. Yeah. So for, for our listeners and our viewers and for Michael, I assume, who don't know who Todd is. Mm-hmm. No uh, idea. Todd was a Wraith character in Stargate Atlantis who uh, was a, an enemy to the main characters in mm-hmm. the show, but became this weird kind of ally, comic Great relief. character. Great character who was yeah. actually – Super fucking hilarious yeah. in a show that was like very serious and buttoned up. Is this a wraith like in Lord of the Rings? Or? No, it's just like a species. Like yeah. a, they're kind of like insectoidy type. And they like of they okay. drain the they life like drain force. life force. They, you know, it, it's ridiculous sci-fi, right? Yeah, you know, this is back in there. The early 2000s of the, the peak the of sci-fi oh, no, television. I'm familiar with Stargate. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. Just but you know, here's another but it was, but he was ama- like He was an amazing character. Yeah. The actor was just like having so much fun. It's just like, hey, how much more ridiculous can I make this every episode? <laughs> and then up that the next episode. The best thing, though, is Jason Momoa was also a mm-hmm. core character or main character in Stargate Atlantis. And there are a couple of episodes with Todd the oh, Wraith yeah. and Jason Momoa's character. I hope he was around, like they were both around on set the same I really day. They were able they, to reunite yeah. and yeah. just like, look at us now. Uh, you're a big, famous multi-millionaire. Momoa Mom- Mom- <laughs> still talks about, like, he loved his time on Stargate Atlantis. Well, like, Best always, time. like, pose for, like, photos with the dozens of fans out there. So um, Star Trek, Star- <laughs> Stargate Con is actually coming back finally this year in Chicago. Oh. I've he, never been. He, he's not listed as a guest. What? Momoa? Yeah, no. What about they, pay, uh, they have the, they have the money boy. to pay his fee? Probably not. His fee's probably very, very we'll expensive. Yeah. Um. But how they like the other, the other reason I bring up like this character is the intro theme song, right? Right. Has a lot of these char- like majority of characters that were all that all kind of played um interesting parts Rolls. and everything, right? Specifically, the two detectives. Little spoilery too, if you think about it, because like. You saw those detectives, and you didn't see them for a couple episodes. But you're like, "Oh, if they're in the intro, yeah, they're not important." But we had a lot. We had the neighbor. We had like you did mention the last one that pretty much everybody we had seen in the first couple of episodes was in it. So theme song. They did do a decent job of covering that, but I thought that you saw so much screen time with them, though, specifically in that intro. You're like, they have to come back. It can't be just that one scene because then why wouldn't you have like? The couple with the apartment um, that they like paid off yeah. with the information yeah. and stuff, you know. So like, well, I, yeah, I guess I just figured, yeah. at least they'll be investigating and chasing. I right. didn't, you know, I, I I guess I didn't guess that they would have been. I didn't guess they'd become butterflies, butterflies. but I knew that. I guess I guess nuts. I knew they would come. Yeah, back. that entire the sequence way, where the butterflies take over the entire the monster police. song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good good sequence. That was. Gory. Wait, really well of, done upping the stakes, like just totally destroying all these characters. How many we... characters from the opening theme song are dead by the end? By the end. That was weird. None of them except for... The whole thing just like three. crack the table? I don't know. That's what? weird. Only three of them died. No, because uh, the dad's dead. Dad's gone. The okay. three cop, The, the three two cops. cops oh, Mern, the third Mern's one. dead. Who's Mern? Mern is their leader, who is also a butterfly. And He's not in the opening he sequence. He is in the opening sequence. Yep. He's Wait. right behind Harcourt. Yep. <laughs> he is? Yeah. yeah. 
I've never. I've watched that sequence way too many times. I've watched. I never skip it, but I didn't realize. Yeah, Mern's in there. I only skipped it. I only skipped the theme song uh, once. That's because I was watching like three episodes back to back. Mm. So I was like, "There's no point in watching it three times." No, the the point is to watch it twice. The neighbor's still alive, and then the main characters are all alive, and then Judo Master's alive, and Eagly's obviously alive. Man, I would be pretty pissed if Eagly had died. I, I mean, was there pretty was a sure that when he was carrying the helmet, that he was going to get shot. I was, I was like, like, holy oh, shit. super obvious. I mean, he might as well have because he was barely in the episode. Well, yeah. I mean, that. I'm glad they didn't. That He's was a, a fucking eagle. It was a, be- <laughs> <laughs> it was a better way to do that scene than shooting him. Yeah. But, yeah. He the whole probably- point of Eagly was so that um, you get the whole sequence where he, the eagle hugs Peacemaker twice. twice. And yeah, and to visualize Peacemaker's love for America. But I mean, they probably have to redo that opening. Why? For season two. I mean, they will most likely come up with a new song, song, and a new dance. They should do the yeah. same, the same, same song, same dance, just different characters. I have a question <laughs> for you guys. I asked this to Thad the other day. What the? What is your take on that last line of the song? Throw your dog the invisible bone. Throw your dog the invisible bone. Oh, that's easy. Okay. You're going to get a dog, and when you, you – I'm spitballing here. When you want the dog to do something, you trick it into thinking it's getting something, so you're leading it yeah. to Yeah, to I would say because, like, throw, you know, throw, you know, throw me a bone or, you know, it's, like, such a common term of, like, you know, reward me or something. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, like, a fake reward, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, I liked what Thad had to say about it. I didn't have an answer, but I like – it's down the lines. It's basically we've all tricked a dog by throwing an invisible ball yeah. and had them go get it, which is a lot of like what his dad did to him or like what people do to get people to do stuff. So I don't know. I'd, I always caught that line, but I never thought about it. And I asked, I asked that about there's it. An interest, interest, there's an interesting, interesting uh, thing interesting. about the band. So like that band's been around for a long time. Big Wham. Yeah. And apparently three days before the show premiered, they were dropped by their label because they wow. were like, you guys aren't doing anything. And then the, sh- the show came out, the song rose up the charts, and now they're going on like a new tour and all this type of stuff. So and they like, actually dropped a music video because I was looking on YouTube yeah. the other day to see if other people recreate the dance. And I stumbled upon uh, the music video that they redid about nine years ago. I will say this. It is God fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically half n- them, the band playing, in a soundstage yep. with a big truck, monster truck, fire shooting left, right, and center, and like half naked, two half naked models barely dancing, and them just like playing. And like it looks very, very like, you know, early. But the thing is, it came out like 10 years ago, but yeah. it looks like a 90s music video. Ah, it's weird. It's really dated. Yeah. Yes. Did yeah, not that date well. Sense. Well, the song worked well for the intro. Oh, it was perfect. perfect. It was great. Perfect. It was great. The choreographer did a James good Gunn job. is great at getting old music and then just revitalizing life into it. Is that an old song? Yeah, the song itself came out quite a while ago. Okay. I thought that, and then I was under the impression I, recently I that it was written for the show. It wasn't written for the okay. show. No, okay. Definitively not. I think, well, that's I guess what I when thought I say originally. old, like it was early 2000s. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, that is, no, that is that's getting like 20, 20 years yeah, old. It's getting 20, yeah, so but that is like 70s. Years, right? Yeah. Which is 50 years at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the 70s like it was in the 80s. But I will say this. I, I mean, his whole reasoning of doing that was so people would watch the credits. And I think a lot of people watch the credits. So good job to him. Yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, we not all of us. Uh, 
recognize Consum- that everybody <laughs> was in it. Yeah, <laughs> You're just so focused on the names. I really don't remember. Even now, I'm like, really? Was I mean, once we're done taping here, we're going to rewatch it. I'm definitely going to rewatch it. Let's let's take a quick revisit at our predictions here. Because our bold uh, predictions. Our bold season-long predictions. Michael had oh, said, fuck. Vigilante will be a villain. Superman will be played by Henry Cavill. Kind of looked like him. Unfortunately, it was revealed earlier this week, or last week, Henry Cavill came out and said that him and his agent missed a clause in his Netflix contract that shows that Netflix owns the streaming rights to his likeness. Wait, what? And therefore... That's that why he wasn't in it? Correct. What? <laughs> That's unbelievable. Fucking Netflix Damn. destroyed my prediction. Uh, well, he, 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 to, to, to his point, he even said like he himself didn't realize this. His agent didn't see it. So they did they actually film it with him, and then afterwards they had to pull it? No, no, because of, I guess, when this was filmed and everything, yeah. it was already known that this could never happen. Wow. Um, when they were looking to do it. So and I assume whatnot. Cavill's new agent will be more. <laughs> 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 um, and hilarious. then the other, like, fun thing about that entire cameo sequence, you know, there, like I said, there was a Batman recorded. Gal Gadot, I think it was just simply a timing issue. Jason Momoa, they were able to get because they're shooting or had been shooting some Aquaman stuff. But for Ezra Miller... Um, Guardians was already in production. Guardians 3 was already in production at the time of some of the reshoots and some of the extra stuff they needed. So Marvel and Disney lent out a volumetric studio space to Warner Brothers, HBO Max, to have the Ezra Miller stuff shot, which is kind of interesting. Hasn't yeah. he? That's he's cool. like cameoed in so many of the DC movies. As Flash. Ezra Miller. Yeah, oh yeah. He was yeah. in Batman v Superman. Yeah. He was in the first Suicide Squad. The, he's the like OG he's one. like the Thanos of the DC. They, I, I actually read that he's now appeared in the most DCE movies of any actor. Oh, nice. And he loves to punch his fans in the face. Oh, really? And oh, have yeah. it recorded and put on the internet, out. and nobody says anything choke, about it. Choke, choke, choke him out. Choke was that out. actually Ezra Miller in yes. the BDS yes. cam? Or yeah, because it looks different when I wait the BDS BVS Batman v Superman. Oh, oh yeah, that's yes. him. Yeah, he that got is him. They gave him a little like facial yeah, hair long, to make him look older. He's got older. long hair yeah. and like yeah, I that's that's. I have said for my bold prediction, yeah. Superman would cameo. And if I remember correctly, you said I it was going to be like uh, neck, neck uh, down or yeah, neck down, yeah, and yeah. you wouldn't yeah. see and you wouldn't see it being Henry Cavill. Too bad you were wrong. That's because you saw his face. Spoiler, but yeah. it was just I was Henry out. Cavill's agent. Also, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were his former oh, agent. Hello. Yeah, I clearly <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> and then our junior, your bold prediction was economist is a butterfly. Oops. But maybe he's like you know maybe I didn't mean butterfly as in you know the alien butterfly, but like he has gone through a metamorphosis through this entire show, right? He started as this, like, ugly little caterpillar. And then he, you know, went into his hardened, you know, cocoon, and he came out this beautiful butterfly that shined in the finale, you know, revealed his darkest inner, you know, most insecurities, you know, got his leg blown out because he just fell awkwardly and broke it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, was able to help the team in the end. Somehow so crawled all the way you? over there. It's a beautiful butterfly. Can I stop you? Therefore, I, I went. You are correct. Correct. Your explanation of getting there, terrible. Let me simplify it. Yes, he started the entire show off very closed off to the world, calling everyone an, uh, an asshole and fuck you. And then by the end, the last shot we see of him is a picture of him with his friends. Yeah. So, yes, a you are correct. He's a butterfly. In that sense. I had to explain it for your simple mind. No, you didn't have to do it that way. Because you are still a caterpillar. Did Peacemaker oh, make the right choice? About it, uh, that is a great question. 
You just keep throwing questions at why yeah, I'm gonna close well, these it are down all things, here. Well, I know, but these are all things I've been like dying yeah. to think about. Is um, like because I was like, I go back oh, and forth. We should I, choose choose aliens. I go back and forth. I really thought he was going to save them. I did, and I, I was I was honestly shocked when he's like helmet activate or like something. Yeah, whatever yeah, the, yeah. When torpedo activate uh, torpedo. Activate also, isn't that just kind of a mean thing? Like he he just called her like his second best friend, and then he just like shot her. And she the wanted guts. it. Yeah, she but did he it. knew it's like a soft padding. Well, he said that it was a prototype. It could shatter every boat. Right, but she already did it. But the mission into yes. a rock. And the other thing is, no, he that decision made the most sense. He wasn't going to give up people's freedom. He's all about freedom and peace mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And what the butterflies were offering was taking of human life to trick other humans into a control and taking away your freedoms. It was also a big mirror to his entire life. So yeah. when they presented it that right. way, yeah, it I was wasn't surprised by that. I I was surprised because I thought they were doing that comparison because he was going to then use that. To, I was surprised at his conclusion. I was. I, w- I think it was the good conclusion. Right. But what I, was I surprised, thought he would hesitate. I'm more. surprised no one would be asked, though. Like, this cow, this creature, was cute as fuck. And innocent. What? You right? Didn't it, you didn't think it was cute? It's no. some, cu- some cute elements. They made, I think they made it intentionally, like, gave it, like, those yeah. little baby the, eyes. The anime eyes. Spider eyes? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I love I, spiders. They're so adorable. But the bigger, quest- the bigger right. question here, though, is, like, regardless <laughs> of if his decision was good or not, the fact that they went and, for the most part, killed an innocent animal. Yeah. I don't even, we don't even know if it was sentient. Right. Um, they called it a cow, so it could have just been a cow that we're familiar with here on planet Earth. Um, but they went and just you know brutally murdered an animal to save it's themselves. True. But but I to, mean, that's the human race. One though, right? life, yeah, one life to save a billion. Is that really that big of a deal? Uh, to quote the Dark Knight, one man or the entire mob. What? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Does, what? No. <laughs> that's when the Joker is introduced and they're taking. No, we down know that the mob. they yeah. said that. But how so does that apply to this? Do you save this? the one cute creature, or do but you save the entire? They weren't race? saving the mob or one man. They were taking. I'm them just down. saying it's the, <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's the one versus a larger group type of question. But then it goes back to the question of your humanity. Right. You are you giving up your humanity, and is that a bad thing? One? I don't know. Like, is this humanity isn't, isn't something it worth philosophy? inspiring to? Was it philosophical? Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind then. But I do wonder if it is a question that will be revisited in season two, especially with Goff seemingly around. Is it something that Chris will think twice about? I don't know. I, I am curious about that because the ending did not do as much metaphorically as I was expecting. It does not seem to be concerned with that much... Uh, fallout from meaning or or lore so yeah. i would be curious if they'd even bother with it i'm gonna two. i'm gonna bet that come season two there's not going to be like the fallout of the butterflies is not going to be a, an arc or anything i think maybe we'll get a sentence or two um i i don't know because goff is still clearly around so like if but almost dead yeah but if if the character especially like having that last shot mm-hmm. right so is that your bold prediction then that goff will be a of next season, yeah, I think Goff will be a part of season two. And my bold prediction a, a is Goff will part. not be a part. That's so, a like, cold prediction. Yeah, that's why I went mine with bold because like having an a little alien bug thing is a significant part of your season is, it, uh, especially when they have no food source or way right. to survive. So it's bold in in that it's yeah. the same as saying Peace Maker will be shot and killed in the first episode and never. But at the appear. end of the season, Peacemaker doesn't seem like he gives. 
he's like, what? What is he doing? He he is hanging out. He's drinking a beer. He's dropping some food, and then just kind of sitting there and looking at his bird. But he also an animal. Or but something. he also like he could have killed Goff. Mm-hmm. That's the part of the thing, right? Remember, he shoots our friend Todd right in the face to kill the butterfly. He's right. been shooting everyone. He shoots Goff in the chest. chest yeah. Sees the butterfly get out and leaves. Right. He has multiple chances to kill Goff. I think that's all intentional. Like, if there was no idea, no plan to bring back Goff or, you know, have any of that be part of season two, why do any of that? Because it shows yeah. his growth as a person. But I still think there's there's still more there, though. Because otherwise, you would, like, show Goff slowly. Die. You wouldn't have Goff come back and then have him give Goff food as well. Why that means not? he has some type of supply of the amber, too. So my bold prediction. Season two, episode one starts, a funeral. It's for Goff? For, for Goff. It <laughs> is just Peacemaker, and he's br- heartbroken because his only true connection, true friend has passed. Eagle? Yeah. And then Arjuna, <laughs> and then Arjuna, which is still part of the prediction, will quit the show. I, I have a feeling, yeah, like Goff lasts a couple of days <laughs> at most. <laughs> and then he's gone. She. She. Or well, they. do they have a no, gender? No genders. No genders. Wasn't there a whole thing where they asked about... Well, I think so. Well, they remember the Last the person, but Goff yeah. was in a guy at the beginning of the right. of the season, and in a female right. at the end. So, yeah. so I don't think Goff has a gender. Yeah. Um, Last question before we ask the main question, and this one's specific for you, me, for Michael, for Michael, because Wait. when we all got together and recorded our first pod on Peacemaker, you had said your biggest yeah. question that you wanted answered was if. Oh my god! Was the size of Peacemaker's dick? Well, it was never brought back up. As but far as I, I think remember. we have the evidence we need. Small. It's massive. <laughs> <laughs> was that is that a disappointment to you? No, no. Because <laughs> uh, you were really like you went on like a. It felt it wasn't. It felt minutes, like a ten minute. But tangent. it felt like a thirty minute. Tangent. Yeah, no, it was. It was a tangent, and clearly, a lot of the things that I thought I was going to see in the second half of this show did not come to fruition. Uh, mostly, everybody dying and the actual size of his penis. I think that's a good pivot to ask you now, Michael. Oh, was you're going to take it on. Was Peacemaker good? Oh, oh no preamble or lead up. You I just, just ripped just it from Ravi's grasp. It just grasp. felt like a good transition. <laughs> Great, oh, I'm props. It just props, felt like props a, you, know, you yeah. said because you said it was different than what you expected. So yeah, it was a good yeah, thing. and I was real hot on it uh, when we did this at halfway mark. Although I hadn't seen the halfway, halfway mark. mark. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say that. I mean, the second half went in directions that I didn't expect. I felt like the characterization of the people, for the most part, especially uh, Vigilante and Abadiah, were off. And normally that really upsets me and probably would have been enough to say no. That isn't, it wasn't good. But I think I'm going to pivot from that and say that even though they didn't act like real human beings in my perspective, at least as I thought they were characterized in the first couple of episodes, few episodes, I think that they fit the situation and the characters that they ended up being like the fact that everybody survived really just goes and says, you don't need to worry too much about vigilante killing a family. 
he's and loving it. He's still a good person for this show. So the fact that he like warms up and has friends, that's fine, I guess. But um, yeah, so yes, yes, it was very good. It's very good. It was not quite as deep and nuanced as I had hoped. Don't know why I thought it would be nuanced considering what it was, but was yeah. Maybe nuanced isn't the word. Metaphorical. I just mm. thought he would had a lot more to say about America and macho. maybe saving it for season two. Maybe he definitely took care of his dad a lot quicker than I thought. Although I thought. I think we said we thought that'd be more season two. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I, I really did. To that. I yeah. was surprised by the fact that he. Yeah. Shot him. I mean, I think it's a good statement. I think it works well. And I think the way that whole situation turned out really was the turn for me. And that, like, how comical and terrible that whole thing. Like, he has these, like, oh, I fly. And they're, like, running around the woods with an iPad, like, chasing. Like, that was the whole situation that that brought on was just ridiculous. And I think it worked in this instance. Oh, it's definitely scary. Racist with technology. It was also funny that the most damage that. Chris took in the entire show was by a raccoon in episode seven. All, oh, the, yeah. all the scratches <laughs> on his face. Yeah. He went in all those fights, you know, yeah. like maybe had some internal bleeding and whatnot, but like physical damage, the raccoon. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this is great. It did the most. Uh, so yeah, good. And then I will ask Ravi mm. was peacemaker season one, James Gunn's HBO max, Opus starring John Cena and Steve Agee. Good? It was good, yes. It was great. Wow, great. It was surprising as heck. Uh, I was actually just talking to someone about this. I think HBO Max has found their Mandalorian, if that makes sense, where it's like I think now this show, at least for the next couple months, will become its like staple. You think HBO Max, you think Peacemaker. Um, because of like the intro, because of like the show and everything that you see, and because it is now the first DCEU show and kicking off that whole thing. Because, uh, what is it? The Batman, the new Batman show is gonna get a HBO Max spinoff. I think that's. It um, seems like that will become the norm. It seems like <laughs> Warner. That's their model. They're gonna have like yep. these theatrical movies and then like a HBO Max series yeah. that kind of is a companion, a piece. companion yeah. to those movies. Yeah, it's basically. Like, the Do- podcast, but in video like form. Dune, for example, is doing the same thing. They're having a HBO Max series that's coming out. Um, that's right. So it, it seems like it's very much in part of their six. part of their pl- yeah. Well, we'll see because they just started <laughs> pre-production on, on Dune part two, two. Yeah. part two. Yeah, oh, the novelization of the film. Uh, that's a great thing. I think. Yeah, really cool. dig into characters and themes Four? that we couldn't. Characters in two and a half. My yeah. favorite spice. And that's yeah. going to be it for us here. No. Was like, oh, oh, did I forget something? I just wanted to say, hey, mom. Okay. <laughs> now I'm good. <laughs> right, now <laughs> hey, ma'am. Arjuna was Peacemaker, the show that the studio execs at Warner Brothers gambled on and were right about for once in their lives. Good. It was. It was good. Oh, wow, God. dramatic pause and everything. It was a good show. It exceeded expectations, but now I think it's set up like a pretty good bar for season two, mm. and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. But I think, you know, I think we're all expecting more from that than what we expected when we came in. 
Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that, that might be bad. That might, that, I mean, <laughs> that expectations, might be really I bad. think expectations dictates, you know, your enjoyment for a lot of stuff in general. Yeah. So I'm so. weird in that sense because, like, Star Trek Discovery is a really good example of it, is, it has started bad and then it got worse and then worse. But yet... Every season and mid-season break, for some reason, I think it's going to get better. <laughs> yeah, that one confuses me because that's in four seasons. And, like, you know, know, you I'm guys, I'm on, There's, you like, know, one half of a season you that guys was good. And, and Krishna, who's our producer today, always like to really, you know, make fun of how long I stuck with the Arrowverse. Like, oh, yeah. Star Trek, the Star Trek shows are your Arrowverse at this point. How long were you with Arrowverse before you gave up on the whole well, thing? I watched, I watched to the Crisis because so that many, was like, the thing. Yeah, how many seasons? Of, like, that, how was like, that was, like, the full Arrow run, essentially. So, how many so seasons? eight seasons. Okay, oh, okay. so as long, if, as long as I don't hit a nine season with Discovery, which I believe... That show will get canned before that. Like, I come thought, on. Yeah. Please. You think, but. Please, please, please. <laughs> well, I'll just have you know, I haven't watched more than two episodes of this season. So, theoretically, I have outdone your Arrow problem. That doesn't make any sense. But you yeah. know what I mean? You, yeah. can't, you can't use the Arrow thing on me because I quit Discovery. <laughs> I quit. I quit Discovery. Um, but anyway, that is going to do it for us here on Was It Good? Michael, thank you for, for jumping in and and being a good, you know, person and taking the time to watch Peacemaker, unlike some people. Yeah, <laughs> it must be nice to have committed yeah. co-hosts Yeah. Here. Well, I'm glad that I could do that for you and give you a taste of what it's like to have a responsible, committed third. Before we get <laughs> before we last thing before we get out of here, uh, Christian, obviously you're producing and you can jump on your mic and answer this question. After listening to us three knowledgeable oh, individuals, yeah. um, have you uh, has your desire to watch Peacemaker increased, decreased, you ne- or you never had a desire to watch that show ever? Hello, can you, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear myself. Yeah, this is good. Uh, it is the same. I wanted to watch it before. I want to watch it now. Uh, you guys didn't move the needle either way because I really Ooh, wanted to watch what? it. Damn. All right, so All right, no, well, no, I don't feel I, like we hyped it enough. Cause I really wanted to watch it before, Okay. and uh, okay. it's still there. So you guys yeah, should thank cool. th- pat yourselves in the back. You didn't, you didn't ruin that's it. Still, that's a positive. You that's didn't ruin it. I, I changed my answer. I did not like the show. Why would you do that? I'm just kidding. I just because then now Christian would be curious. Now his hype will go up. We should have had a meeting <laughs> before this and like really not bashed it, but like had all these good things and then in a straight face said, no, it's not bad to see if. Yeah, we should have gaslighted damn, the whole yeah. audience. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're like, we're like really positive. No, that show sucked, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah Book of Boba, way better. And way that better. Good. That is that the epitome of good, good television. Yeah. And with that, that's going to do it for us here on the Was A Good Pod. Again, Michael, thank you for jumping in. Thank you, Christian, for jumping on and producing. As always, you can find us on Twitter at Was It Good, on Instagram and TikTok at Was It Good Pod. Our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Was It Good, has our full episodes and a bunch of VODs. Our website, wasagood.info, has great blog posts. Definitely check it out and subscribe to the newsletter, which is coming soon. Ah, you've really, wow. really said that. Wow. Micro Machines. Hello, my name is Arvind Gokal, and here we are today. I'm going to do an auction. We got one, five, got five, got ten, 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 five. Sold. If it doesn't say Micro Machines, it's not a real thing. Goodbye.